0: kissing. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to tier one athlete podcast. I've got a amazing guest today. Um, and I mean by amazing, my wife, um, she is quite possibly well, and I, and I say this and and, and if someone, if someone has different information there, uh, but I think that she's probably the most decorated master female black belt right now. Um, in competition. Uh, you know, I've been doing a ton of podcasts and I always forget that I have probably one of the most BA chicks around sitting with me that honestly has had a lot of trials going through. And so, um, if you guys don't know who we are, I'm Ray Casillas and my wife is Rachel. Um, she's got a nice little dog hanging out with her today. Uh, her, her, Her secure- name's Peppermint. Yes, Peppermint's amazing. Um, Rachel, I'm going to actually turn it over to you, man, because obviously there's a lot of people that know who you are and then there's a lot of people that don't. So um, just give us a little background on yourself and then we'll shoot from there.
1: Okay. Well, my name is Rachel Morrison Casillas, although I do still compete under Rachel Noel Morrison, um, much to the chagrin of my husband. And it's only because I um, registered with Iva Jeff, like, three months before we got married. Yeah. And so it was just a big pain in the butt to try to change your name and everything. So it still shows up as Rachel Noel Morrison. Um, we, Ray and I have been together for 17 years. We've been married 14. Um, I did not start jujitsu until I met Ray. And I actually didn't start it right when I met Ray. I met him um, at a, it was a jujitsu gym, but it, he was teaching teaching. Muay Thai there, Thai boxing, and I showed up to take that class. I actually thought jujitsu jitsu looked silly. Look, they're all rolling around on the ground in pajamas. That's silly. Um, but I took his class, and that's how we met. I had some boxing boxing experience cause from the Marine Corps. Um, but I am a second-degree black belt under Ray and Robert Drysdale. I compete for Team Zenith. Um, I actually... I'm a little bit more involved in the gym than I used to be, but primarily I just teach the women's class on Sunday and then fill in if Ray needs me to cover a class. Um, People always thought I just did jiu-jitsu when they came into the gym, but I am actually was a federal civil rights litigation attorney. I retired at the age of 41 at the end of 2020, so now I'm more of just a stay-at-home mom and helping Ray with his numerous businesses. And taking care of our 11-year-old and 8-year-old, which can be a full-time job.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <sighs> yeah, Chubbs needs a lot of guidance. Yeah. Chubbs is our ch- our youngest, our boy. Who's, his name's Tristan, but we've called him Chubbs since he was a baby. We actually called him Chubbers, and we've shortened it to Chubbs because... People have reminded me that might be embarrassing when he gets older. So I was like, all wow, right. If they've I,
0: ever met Tristan, they're going to know doesn't that he care. Yeah. care less, right? I know.
1: He doesn't. One time he's like, Mom, would you not call me Chubbs in public? I don't like it. And I was like, okay. But then he sort of got over that. And I still call him Chubbs all the time. I make the mistake of calling him Chubbs like to his teachers. And, and they look at me. I mean, Tristan, he's a funny kid though. But so I take care of him and Gabby. Um, I retired, because some of you all know, um, I was diagnosed with a, with major neurocognitive disorder caused by young, excuse me, early onset Alzheimer's. There is a difference between early onset and young onset. Um, um, I was diagnosed when I was 41 officially, but I'd had symptoms for years before that, so I was just very good at managing them until I wasn't. So I chose to sort of take the high road and walk away from practicing law, um, so that I wouldn't get to the point where I either committed malpractice or wasn't good at my job. So,
0: no, definitely. Um,
1: and then I compete for Team Zenith. I have since I was a blue belt. Um, I some people might say I was success. I've been successful at it. So. Um, I'm still competing. I'm hoping to compete for the rest of this year and then we'll see how that goes after that. So
0: So, um, ha, just kind of break down from start to finish real real quick your titles. I mean you have quite a bit. So how many times have you won the worlds at Masters Division? Okay.
1: Um well let's just start with when I started Jiu Jitsu, there was no masters for women. Yeah. Which was um which most people can't even fathom now, although it wasn't that long ago. I was a either blue or purple belt when they added Masters. Um, and back then women in no-gi, it was blue and purple together and brown and black. So my first no-gi pants and everything, I was a blue belt, but it was blue and purple belts together. Um, so it wasn't that long ago. Um, and there was no masters. I remember when I had someone tell me, "He's like, there's mass, there's gonna be masters this year for women. I'm like, there's not masters for women. And I started jujitsu when I was 27, um, which is fairly old for the competitive scene um
0: back then it wasn't back then
1: it wasn't because it wasn't as well known everything but everyone um was like oh i thought you've been doing it since you were a kid i was like no um i started because of ray we had moved to colorado and to take care of his mother um who wasn't who was not doing well and um he opened a jiu-jitsu gym there and I was like I'm gonna be supportive I got a like the old school red gameness gi I had it delivered had my white belt tied up around my chest (laughs) I'm like look at me I'm in a gi it looked like I was wearing my dad's gi because at that time gameness didn't make a zeros they only made a ones is the smallest size so I was wearing a big old gi trying to be supportive and then I fell in love with the sport Um, even though Ray would make fun of me that I didn't know what I was doing at the time but I enjoyed the sport and have continued with it. I have, I believe, five world titles. Um, eleven, no, ten or eleven. Nine Gi Pan Ams. And it's actually nine years in a row. Well, eight years in a row. Last year I won the the Open, too. So um, I have an eight-year streak at Pan Am, with six of those, seven of those being... But the nine one in the open seven of those being at black belt um and i have two nogi pan am titles so um and yeah so okay i haven't got to do the europeans yet kids so
0: no no and honestly we thought we were going to the europeans this year just with all the crazy mandates we're going,
1: yeah all the crazy mandates and ray and i are going to costa rica <clears throat> to teach like an eight-day camp so i didn't want to in February the same time as the Europeans and I didn't want to leave the kids for like over two weeks. So yeah. I don't want to do that.
0: So, you know, obviously, um, a little backstory on Rachel and I, right. We, uh, we started training. Well, I, she started training over at Nashville MMA, no secret. Mm-hmm. Um, I at that time and I was teaching multiple classes, right. I was teaching the cardio, Everything. cardio, kickboxing, jujitsu, MMA. Muay thai. Yeah. Um, funny story, right, is, uh, and we'll, we'll tell this story, man, cause it's part of our process. The, I will not he was probably the hit sales guy at that time. Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Jones. Corey Jones comes in and I'm getting ready to teach a class and he goes, Hey man, this really hot chick just came into the gym and you know, she's an attorney. I was like, okay, whatever. At that point, and I need to put this into context. I was getting ready for an MMA fight, so yes,
1: you're cutting weight.
0: I was cutting weight, you know. I was training super hard, man. So literally, that just didn't dawn on me. And I think um, when she came in that night, I, I ended up having to wrap her hands, and I didn't really know who she was. We had so many people floating in and out of Nashville in May at that time, and uh, I wrap her hands. Uh, didn't think anything about it, and then afterwards, Corey comes up and goes, "Hey, man, that that's a girl that signed up that morning, man. She's pretty hot." And I was like, "Ah, she's all right." <laughs> That came back to haunt me later, right? Um,
1: I don't even think he said that's all right. We After we had dated four or five months, it comes to find out. He's like, he said you weren't cute. I was like, oh, nice. That's yeah. that's great. So there's lots say, of these. So.
0: Yeah, he threw definitely threw me under the bus. So, like, anyways, you know, she comes up to, uh, I guess, towards had, the end of that, but go ahead.
1: You had a fight. It was about a month I'd been training there. Not that long. Actually, it wasn't even that long. It was a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. And your fight was in St. Louis because MMA was not legal yet in the state of Tennessee. Um, Because we had a law that prohibited striking with gloves that the fingers were open. So MMA was not legal in Tennessee. That wasn't to say there wasn't MMA shit was going on in Tennessee, like down in Memphis and stuff. But um, it was not legal. So y'all were fighting up in, because you were a pro, you were fighting up in um, St. Louis. And uh, I wanted to go up to the fights. I'd never been to an MMA fight in person. Um, and this was back in 2006.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so we rode, I rode up with our friend, George Ortiz. It was on a Friday. We rode up that afternoon. Um, and you guys were already up there. She went up, I think on Thursday. Um, and as I understood it, you finally noticed me because I had a dress on, I wore a dress to the MMA fight. So
0: let's pull back there. Yeah. So, you know, again, during the training camp, I'm definitely like girls weren't even on my mind. Cause I had a big weight cut and this is, and then we'll get to this here in a second. It's like, um, I show up to St. Louis to do our, our weigh in. And, um, my guy doesn't show up, right. He, he doesn't show up for weigh-ins. I weigh in. I'm like, crap, man, I've cut it. And I, I mean, when I cut a lot of weight. I mean, I cut a lot of weight. Um, and so obviously I, you have weigh ins, you get, you get to get hydrated, refed. Well, up until the show, the guy hadn't shown up. Like mm-hmm. the doors had opened and my opponent hadn't showed up. He shows up and he's like 20 pounds overweight. He was a
1: big effort. I was like, who is that dude? Is that who's Ray fighting? So,
0: so, back in the day, listen, I was this, I'm not tough, but we just didn't know any better. <laughs> I was like, Ed, Ed was like, man, do you, do you still want to fight? And of course, I'm like, hell yeah, I still want to fight, man. I just did this. And, and, I didn't want, I didn't want that to be an issue where like all these people showed up, bought tickets to watch me fight. And I was like, well, you know, screw it. I'm going to take this fight, right? He's 20 pounds overweight. But on that note, her and George come walking by. And when you're finally fully fed, training camp's over, you, you really look at stuff and go, man, um, you look at things differently. She (laughs) walked by. And I was like, <laughs> all right, we're going to get back to that. I'm sorry. Um, we're trying that new headphones and my wife is mouth breathing into that one. So we'll shift it over. <laughs> um, so as, as we were getting in there, she walks by and I literally notice her in the dress and go, oh, dang. Okay. Um, so yeah, at that point, I realized that she was. Pretty good looking. And again, I still didn't know any better, man. The truth was, I was rooming with a guy named Ryan DeLorenzo for that fight he fought. Um, After the fight, the next morning, she comes and brings us both like cards, which I thought was really weird. FYI, I didn't, I didn't know. Come on, man. We were like, I had no idea that people handed you cards. It was like, congrats or something like that. And I was like, cool. And, um, but I thought she liked my buddy. Ryan I just you know, again I'm really really stupid I, I keep throwing this out there like I'm dumb um and
1: but you rode back with George and I that day and the other guy because you had a toothache and you didn't want to stay they were staying in St. Louis yeah they
0: were staying in St. Louis and I got hit so hard that well first of all he won you know. the fight
1: Ray won the fight yeah. like handily but he did catch one in the mouth and it like knocked out a crown or something it did something know. to your tooth so your mouth was hurting and so you decided to ride back with us um and we were coming back and we went out that evening, I believe that was our first date was that night when we got back from St. Louis.
0: Let's talk about what I said though. Oh God.
1: So we go back to Nashville May and we get in your, cause my car, oh, my purse had gotten stolen that night, the okay. night of the fights. So my car was parked at Nashville May, but of course I didn't have keys, I didn't have anything. So you had offered to take me to my house to get my set of keys and everything so we get in your car and you were like and I'm just wearing like gym shorts and a t-shirt or whatever so we drove back and you're like do you want to go to the movies and to set the story Ray loves movies if you don't know him he loves movies he loves going to the movies he loves watching movies it doesn't matter what movie it is it can be a Disney movie he loves movies which is great that's his escape I didn't know that at the time but he was um you want to go to the movies I was like sure he's like but you're dirty you probably don't want to go and I'm like what? That's not what he meant to say. He just meant that, you know, I'd been in the car for five hours wearing like basically what I slept in, but he was not the best at like saying that stuff. Um, well, anyway, we did not go to the movies, but he did take me home and then we decided we were all going to go out with a bunch of people that night. So that was the first time we went out. Um, we went out downtown Nashville, I believe. Um,
0: I always go with this man. Like God knew you were supposed to be in my life and and gave you enough patience to understand, like to beat me mm -hmm. over the head, basically to be like, yo, dude, I kind of like you. Do you like me or not? And I was like, oh yeah, I like you.
1: Yeah. He never figured out that I made him wrap my hands for like two or three weeks to try to get to talk to him one-on-one. I'm like, I'm a fairly intelligent person. Um, I'm a member of Mensa in And he's like, man, this girl's dumb. She can't remember how to wrap her hands. And I was like,
0: true story. I actually went to the guys and I was like, bro, are you sure she's a, a, an attorney man? Because I have to wrap her hands before every class. Like that's like the most mundane task in the world.
1: I literally had to hit him upside the head with like a frying pan to be like, yo, you want to go out? Like he was not catching the hints, but, um.
0: And again, we go back with this, like we've been through a ton together. Um, You know, we, we get asked all the time, like, how, how's your marriage so strong? And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, it's strong because we're actually two alpha mentality individuals that.
1: And we've had our ups and downs and the, the, what we focus on though, is that, um, marriage is a verb. It's not like you just get married and that's it. It's it's an action you have to put the work into it it's not just show up and oh all butterflies and roses and everything like it's hard
0: and you got to figure out which sword you want to fall on you can't fall on them all and i think that's kind of like what we see Uh, and again we're not perfect man we're like far from um but I, i do think that people see the end product of where we're at which is man i genuinely love my wife to death um does she get on my nerves? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I get on her nerves? 100%.
1: Apparently, I mouth breathe into the microphone. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: so, yeah.
1: I also eat chips too loud. So he has like an issue with
0: that. I, we, yeah, we all have our quirks, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, but we've gotten
1: over that. So, yeah.
0: You guys get to hear all about us. So those that don't <laughs> know us and, and think they know us are going to get to hear some things today, right? Yeah.
1: We um, Ray hates kissing, by the way. So Damn it. he did not tell me that to like four or five months into our dating and he finally just said look i hate kissing and i was like what so i was like you've just been lying or taking it for he's like yes and i was like bro
0: i had to get my foot in the okay. door
1: okay so then now i know when he's like kissing me a lot he wants something i'm like what do you want I'm like <laughs> we all
0: know what i want i know Anyways.
1: you didn't marry me because i could cook
0: true story um actually very true story well she still kind of gets upset about this but um I think it was.
1: It was what, like a week or two after we had started hanging yeah, out. She really.
0: decided she wanted to cook shrimp scampi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I go. It was we, a Sunday night. Yeah. I go over there and.
1: <laughs> with your friend Schmedium.
0: Yeah. With David, with David Riley. Riley, And so I don't know why I even did that. I have no idea. But anyways, he came with me. Um, she's cooking and she sets it down and David and I start to eat it and I'm like.
1: Was mm. it not? I did not know it wasn't good
0: i was it i'm was, a
1: good cook you i've cooked like true, i can cook true i choose true. not to most of the time but i can cook
0: so again true i okay. just it, it didn't taste what i thought it was gonna be. even my buddy dave was like uh so we actually started she had a dog named rocky Poor we actually well she was kind of doing stuff we were feeding rocky the food
1: so. and then rocky starts farting actually Rocky doesn't start farting. David starts farting and they blame it on Rocky. And I send Rocky upstairs thinking he's in trouble.
0: This poor dog literally is sitting at the stairs looking at me and David. And that's like, where
1: it all started with his hatred of you. Yeah. So.
0: When I took away his mama, the dog yeah. actually used to, uh, when we laid in bed, if my butt was hanging off the bed, that dog would run around and freaking poke his nose right in my butt and then walk to the other side. So,
1: well, that's because you took his spot. He used to sleep in the yeah. bed.
0: So, So
1: he had a love, hate relationship with you, but he, you grew on him after a while. Um, but but I kind of go
0: with this, like, you know, with Rachel and I, man, we have our arguments. Some have seen them. Um,
1: we don't hold back.
0: We don't hold back. And, and, but I I feel like, man, that's the health portion of it is I feel like so often people just hold back their true feelings and like, listen, if you're getting on my nerves, I tell you, if I'm getting on your nerves, you tell me, we don't necessarily like to hear it.
1: And we've worked to that, like both of us have worked to that, where we are now, where we yeah. can be honest with each other and the person can take it as constructive criticism instead of just being defensive. I was defensive, you were defensive, both of us, when we first started, like, especially after we had kids, having kids is hard. Super hard. Um, because while I've realized you still need to be the priority like my husband first and then my children, that's not how it shows up after you have your first kid, especially for a mom. And um, and I had to work through a lot of those issues too, um, being available for everybody, but also being available for myself. And it was hard for you to understand why I needed to go for a run or why I needed time by myself. Yeah. Um, But you were honest with your concerns about it. And I was honest with my concerns about things and, I remember one of the biggest things that I had to overcome was you, sometimes you don't want to talk about something right then. Like you need a minute and I'm not, I'm like, we're doing this now. Like, this is an issue. We're talking about it. Let's, let's, let's hand it over. And you're like, I need a minute. That I took, us years that, to get took us years. that took us years because I could not understand why you just didn't want to handle it right then. So I had to back off and give you space and then we could address it when we were well, both and in you good know mental this space. Like-
0: I'm very chill, but until you're not, until I'm not. And then there's, there's no in between it's, it's zero or it's like a thousand. Yeah. And so I've learned through my years that if I stay engaged in a conversation, that's just going South, it's only going to get worse. I have to break off and kind of reevaluate and, and take a break. I'm very hot headed by nature. Right. And so that was a hard thing for us to do. Um, and it it drove me crazy with her, man.
1: Uh, I would follow him around the house. We're talking about this right now. Get out of my face. No, we're talking about this right now. You need to give me a minute. No, we're talking. So we both, we both realize that neither one of us is perfect. And the only person that can fix us is us, not, not our spouse. So we've both worked, done the work independently.
0: But I think that, that correlates in life and people don't realize that. I mean, we, we have so many expectations for other people and it's like, no, fix yourself first. Yeah. And then you, you become a better product for that individual. I was
1: very defensive. I've learned to accept some more criticism of all that. Don't roll your eyes at me. Um, so it's, you have to grow as a person. And, um, I think we've helped each other understand a little bit more about, especially because our parenting styles are very different and, um, they complement each other until they don't. But, um, uh. Ray takes more of a hardline approach to some stuff. And as he will tell you, I baby our youngest. Um, and so sometimes that comes to a head, but, um, I don't know any we,
0: family though, that that doesn't yeah. have those issues.
1: So we've, we can at least acknowledge each other with our strengths and our weaknesses, but I and think, we're working on it. Like we work, it's a daily, we daily work on it. It's not just like, Oh, we're married. Everything's cool. No.
0: But I also think that like what we've done has helped translate over to our gym. Right. For um, sure from a from a lot of different aspects uh i think you know and one thing i want to talk to because we have a lot of husbands and wives that train <laughs> with us and then obviously jujitsu's grown huge man and it's not a a, a a what do they call it like a, a, a small, small incident cult, yeah. yeah small it's little, huge it's man. it's big
1: now it's a big it's, thing now
0: it's huge so you got a lot of husbands and wives that train together and literally we talk about this all the time um and i want to get more I- involved so like really if it wasn't for Rachel, man, none of this would exist. And I say that with like total humility, um, man, I was lost when I, when I found her, like I went through a really crappy relationship. Um, I wasn't honest with myself. You know, I had done some things that I probably wasn't super proud of, not even probably that I wasn't, um, you know, I was just at, at 32, was 33. that 33, 33, man. I was, man, I was, I was spiraling a little bit. I really was, man. And
1: well, you can you came off an eight year relationship that, um, that's not
0: good. into. Yeah, I know,
1: yeah. but, um, so you were just, you were living your twenties and your thirties. Yeah, so
0: basically, you know, but I, in, in a sense though, I was spiraling, man. I was, I was partying all the time, you know, I guess, to, I don't know. And I go back to just kind of hiding aspects of my life that I, I wasn't happy about. Right. You know, again, 33, man, just went through a, a really long-term crappy relationship that went south um and obviously it's, it's two-way you know when i was feeling sorry more for myself it was her fault but it's a two-way to, to break a relationship um but when i found rachel man she rezoned me back in um you know i had a very good job i was teaching jujitsu you know i was bouncing at bars you know but i had a really good day job but it wasn't my job no um and I dealt with a really horrible boss that that yeah, tried to intimidate me with his power of money. Right. Remember that? Yes. Anyways, I was not a fan, not a fan either. Um, but anyways, my mom obviously got super sick yes. and there was a time when literally we were just still dating and this one I knew and you were like, I was like, man, this again, God knows what he's supposed to be doing. She was going on a retreat
1: it was in september we started dating in may and yeah. this was in september So
0: like may september so not a long time frame she was going to a retreat in in gatlinburg. gatlinburg and i remember sitting at my office when i got the call from my brother that said hey man they don't think mom's gonna make it you need to fly home asap you need to say bye to her right and so i called her and i was like hey listen i gotta go and, and again You're dating May through September. You're not expecting someone to jump into that portion of your life. Right. And I was like, Hey, I I called her and I was like, Hey, I got to go, man. I got to book my flight. I got to go home. They they think my mom's going to die. I got to go home. And literally I hung up the phone and she called me back within 15 minutes and was like, I'm turning back around. I bought our tickets. I'm going home with you and again these were the I had last...
1: not met any of his family yet no
0: so this is a crazy i story.
1: self-invited myself to the yeah.
0: so you know obviously she uh
1: and i was packed for like a fall i was wearing a skirt we're going to colorado i just had my same old bags i'd packed to go to california
0: so, honestly it was an interesting trip right like it was. she comes back drives back in because we bought these flights last minute like we had to go to Chicago midway or something like that. Yes. Well, we get to Chicago and our flight is canceled.
1: And so we had to stay in this like smoky hotel room without our bags, without
0: our bags. Cause they, they,
1: they made the flight or something like yeah, we didn't so have weird. our bags and till the morning. And so we're sleeping in the clothes we had on. I just have on a skirt. Um, it was
0: awful. So anyways, we fly in, we finally get out Colorado. of Chicago and yeah. get into Colorado And of course, by this time, man, like I'm panicking, like I'm losing time with my mom, like, dude, is she going to die before I get there? Um, And we fly into Colorado. It's not like you can fly into my hometown. So we had to drive four hours on the interstate or, you know, through the mountains to get home. And when I got there, man, it was just, there was so much going on in my brain. There were so many people in the hospital. Yeah. My entire family was there and obviously my mom was in ICU. And so when I got there, my, you know, my brother and my dad are like, you got to go. And so I, and again, I, I, I look back at this and just her, her resolve as a human being kind of amazes me, but I just left her there and it's not because I left her because I wanted to, it was just, man, I had one mission and it was to see my mom that and I go into the ICU and of course my immediate family starts grabbing her like, Hey, who are you? And, they're
1: very large people
0: yeah i'm like like your aunt and them yes
1: they were very very big people and the little white girl was like i was like who are all these very large spanish mexican people and they were all talking to me and then your grandpa started to hit on me so that was exciting i didn't really know how to handle that
0: yeah well that's for another day anyway you know obviously um and my mom it is a fighter she fought through something they thought she was going to come out she of
1: lived another six years
0: yeah, another six years after that right yeah. from going to like hey like this might be it to six years um but then i remember like pulling back and just like realizing like yo did this like this girl's known me for four months and she's flown back and got to see my family at our worst
1: everybody i met all of them that
0: night you know my grandfather who man. I'll, listen, my grandpa, grandpa was, v. Hill was yeah, cool. the most amazing dude I've I've ever known, man. But he was also I, I consider They're him
1: like a, a ladies' man.
0: Yeah, I consider him a gangster. Oh right?
1: yeah, we, we for know, sure. We're he definitely
0: would... not airing any portion. No, of No, we're out, not airing
1: right? any portion of that
0: out. But um, you know, my <laughs> grand family business. Yeah, my grandpa was uh. It'll it just say this. My grandfather, uh, when my grandma passed away, he ended up marrying like their housemaid and. Anyways, it's a long story. Let's shift out from that. I definitely don't want to. Because your uncle
1: that. is forty years younger than you.
0: Yeah, I've got an uncle that's forty years younger than me. Oh, so. actually, no, like no, thirty five. Thirty five okay. years, something like that. Anyways,
1: yeah.
0: um, but I knew about then. Like, all right, man, this obviously is, this is gonna get super serious, right? Um, and then uh, we dis- we came back.
1: We came back, and, and then
0: I remember we were sitting at a, a, a Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. and I just told her I was like, you know, I was ready to leave, and and. I kind of made this decision in my head that I was like, I need to go spend time with my mom. I need to move back to Colorado. I don't know how much longer I have left with her. And I've been kind of selfish in my adulthood of of finding me and not being around my mom. Right. So I'd already made a decision that I was just going to tell Rachel that, Hey, I'm going to move back to Colorado, man. And, you know, thank you for the memories, but I think I'm going to roll out. Like I need to go do this. And we had that conversation and she's like, Cool. I'm moving to Colorado with you. I was like, what? So you're
1: trying to leave me. Cause I never dawned on me that you were trying. No, to leave. It, I, mean, okay. I,
0: I think I just, it, not, not on purpose. I know, but you know, made the decision. I made, made a decision that my mom was the most important at that time. Right. Yeah. And you made the decision that
1: I, I was important to, to you, you. Right. Yeah. And,
0: uh, so she picked up her life that was already kind of set in stone. She had been at her law firm for a little bit. I bought
1: a house in May.
0: Yeah. And
1: built a house in May.
0: Crazy thing is, people don't know a lot of people don't know our backstory on this but she um ended up being an assistant district attorney in yes. taos because we're i where my hometown in colorado is we're on the border of the new we're on the border of new mexico so the town i come from is very small and and, and, and i'm not saying that if you're super educated it's a rough spot but it's definitely harder to find jobs that, that as kind a female of, too as a female so she ended up finding an assistant dh job in new mexico Well, there's a very awesome Christian rock band called Seventh Day Slumber. Look them up. They're all, they're amazing. Um, Joseph Rojas, awesome dude, right? Um, He, his record label hired me to train them while they were on the road on their tour. So I was like, all right, I'll go. So basically my, not even fiance at that time. No, you hadn't proposed yet. Yeah. My girlfriend ships off to. New Mexico to live with my aunt
1: the first week of January,
0: first week of January. We've
1: been dating since May by myself Yeah. and my little Audi.
0: It's crazy. Now that we just sit back and think about it was
1: completely stupid. I left you in my house with my dog, with my dog that hated him, all my stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to move up here by myself. I know you're coming in a couple of months.
0: So for like, you know, but I remember that conversation like it just didn't transpire with it that that Chinese restaurant. There was a lot that transpired. Yeah. There it wasn't just you were moving, right? But it was it was that you had committed to something that was super amazing, right? And you were like, "Hey, you hate your job, mm-hmm. just go." Like, yeah, I know you're making good money, but this isn't who you are, and you need to go do what you want to do. And I was like, "Well, I want to open a gym while I'm out there." Yeah. And so obviously we opened up our first gym together as, Alamosa, as a group yeah. in Alamos. It was called A. a-
1: A Alamosa Mixed Martial Arts AMA.
0: So tell this story about one of our students. He had
1: like we were we were up in Denver at fights. He was wearing his we had sweatshirts that said A MMA. Jason
0: Ramstetter fought at that fight. Yes, Jason Ramstetter
1: fought the fight, and um and it says I'm I'm gonna whoop your ass because said A MMA whatever. Anyway, it
0: was one of our drunk students there. but anyway, it was funny. So you know we moved to. Uh, obviously, I'm on the road with Seventh Day Slumber for three months.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and, and FYI, myself. man,
0: anybody that wants to travel with a rock band, don't, dude. Listen, sitting in a like a yeah, million dollar Prevost tour bus is amazing, except for when you're driving across the country and you literally don't get to see it because you're either sleeping in a bunk or getting ready. Right, and I didn't even have their world. My job was when we got there, set up match, train them watch their concert pack up and go. Yeah. It wasn't as amazing as I thought it was gonna be, right? The money was good, but it wasn't amazing. Um, as far as like something that I'd want to do full time. So obviously that ended. I go back
1: You move? Yeah, I find
0: I move everything out of out of the house. We ship over to Colorado. We open the doors and literally I mean we were
1: broke. Oh, broke broke. Broke broke. I went to the assistant district attorney's office and for anyone who knows who practices law or even if you don't they don't get paid near enough Mm-mm. and so i basically cut my income in half when we moved to colorado really and you went you lost all your income i lost all of it yeah so it was just so, me and you and rocky yeah Start with rocky
0: but listen we and there was nothing going in that hometown as far as martial arts right No, we started um, it we started it man and it's it's florist and, and it's like um funny story is one of us on this podcast has actually been a professor at a college oh
1: shut up this irks me more than anything so ray got approached to teach a jiu-jitsu class for college credit at adam state which is a well-renowned like if you want to become a teacher it's a place to go it's a yeah. very nice college it's in alamosa um and a lot of people like Move there to go to that college. And so he ended up becoming a, prof- like, teaching jiu-jitsu full-time at a college, which I would have loved to taught. I uh, Clearly, I wouldn't have taught jujitsu at the time, but, you know, law, criminal law, anything. Um, so he's teaching and getting paid to teach, like, courses. And this was over several different semesters. And I was like, this mother... I was like, hmm. I'm like, I'm the one with the Juris Doctorate, and he's over here. I'm, te- I'm a professor at the college. I was like, hmm. That's nice. No, it, well, I drive an hour and forty-five minutes one way to Taos every day through
0: listen, the she, listen, and, I, and I've never told you this, but obviously, man, the sacrifices you made to to make us where we were. Again, I would say this: behind every great man, and I don't consider myself great; I'm mediocre. But behind every like great man is an even greater woman. Like without her, none of the success. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, bro, like if if Rachel didn't just kick me in the butt and say, bro, what are you doing? We know what your love is. Let's do this. And she supported me through some, listen, businesses, I always say this entrepreneurs open lots of businesses and fail at lots of them. And Mm -hmm. she's seen me open up things and they've, they've shut down, but the things that have stayed have been amazing. Right. And,
1: and the and right things have stayed. And
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the things that, that did shut down, there was a reason why they shut down. It just wasn't, it wasn't what God well, wanted us to do. Well, we didn't stay
1: in Colorado. We sold our gym. We didn't stay in Colorado because um, your mother was doing better. We'd been there about a year and a half. And she
0: actually told me, she was like, she had a conversation, which was like, if you really want to make me happy, this isn't making me happy. You living in a town that you don't like doesn't make me happy. So,
1: And Ray knew I wasn't super happy there. Like, I love yeah. Alamosa, but... As a very highly educated female. It, there just wasn't anything for me at the time. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that many friends, um, but you know, outside of Ray and our gym people, but, uh, and it was like, you know, a two and a half hour drive to get to target. And I was not used to that.
0: But listen, some of our best memories come oh, yeah. from there, man. Like, oh, for sure. Um, we built like listen, Alamosa, Colorado. It's an amazing town, but I will tell you, it is a grindy town, right? There's nothing there. We don't have a It's mall. not easy. It's not easy, man. So when you go, it's grow, a
1: grindy life. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, when, I would just say the the individuals that come out of there are, they have grit. They have grit, and which is uh, good.
1: You can't teach that. We
0: built the jiu-jitsu program within a year and a half. That and they at were the time winning. that was rivaling some of the bigger schools. There. Why? Because I was able to gr- to be able to pick from a whole bunch of former wrestlers and current wrestlers that. In Colorado, man, like...
1: Everybody wrestles. Yeah,
0: everyone <laughs> wrestles, right? And so... And they're man, good. Yeah, it was easy to do, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously, we came back to Nashville. Um And I came back to work for Nashville in May, and Maine. Because you
1: told them you would. Yeah,
0: I came back. They asked me if I would come. We came back. And then we opened... You went and
1: ran the gym then. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then we, at the end of three years, which was my, my mark for them, mm. I was like, hey, we're out. We're going to go do we're going to go to us. Right. Spring Hill at the time was dead. You're talking 2009, man. The economy was garbage. Um, and again, we went through the same thing that we did in Colorado. I went from having a full income coming in to nothing, to nothing. Right. There's been a lot of that. So I was gonna like, go talk to any entrepreneur, man. That's the scariest part
1: is going from, and we just got married in 2009 and um, found out we were pregnant. In January two thousand ten, right after you had opened the gym or you opened yeah. the gym then. Yeah. And um you opened the gym and then, um so there was a lot going on then. A ton but it never seemed wrong or scary or, you know, but,
0: but I say this in order like again when I look at all as as I'm older now and I start to look at all the things that we've done, you have to have the right person behind you supporting you, man, because we've done some things financially that just didn't make sense right, right. <laughs> to the average person. Like we went from making good money to $20 in our bank account in Colorado.
1: Yeah. I remember Ray wanted me to go, we were having his whole family over at a house. We'd bought a little house. We moved from our big 28, 29, 3000 square foot house that I'd built in Nashville to a, a three bed, one bath. Yeah, Like, and, and I love that house. We still own it. Yeah. Um, he was like, we're having everyone over. Can you go to the grocery store? We need mustard and all this stuff. And I was like, I have $40 in my account. Right. Um, now, granted, I was still fairly young and, but you know, but it, we, didn't seem, it didn't we seem, we were never worried. Like it always no. worked out, you know, um, again, God has a way of, Putting the right things for life.
0: And we did that here, too. We did it here, too, when we started the gym here. Listen, 2009, and I go with this, you see gyms opening all around the country right now. And unless you're, like, an idiot, you should see success. Why? It's a growing and huge sport. Yeah, it's huge
1: now. Everyone knows what jiu-jitsu is. But
0: in 2009, man, the economy was hot garbage.
1: And no one could even say jiu-jitsu. Yeah,
0: you know. um, Do you
1: do karate? No. And
0: so... Where I see, you know, guys, my buddies opening gyms now, they're usually in the black or in the green within two years.
1: Mm-hmm. It we took were, us a while.
0: We were in the red for like five years, and I'm talking, we didn't we take didn't out take, loans. We didn't
1: take any loans out. We did. We self paid all of it ourselves. So. And there
0: were many months, man, where we were like, I don't know if we're gonna make it. We yeah. may lose everything, right? Um, And I, I think when you get to that point, you. Like there's no going back. Obviously there's no, you are all in. Yeah. We're not failure people, No. but it was hard. It was grindy. Right. And it was, there were times I
1: remember when you said, Hey, I'm going to go get all these certification and training down in Texas with the military so that I can start training the military and have, all the, mm-hmm. I have the knowledge, but I need the certification and everything. And so you were going to be gone and the baby, I just had Gabby. You're like, I want to be gone for like four weeks or however long it was, you know.
0: I was in a course for here locally for four weeks. And then I had the opportunity to jump over to, to was it Fort Hood? Ugh. And so I was there for four weeks. When our, again, when we were in the red, we didn't have like, Man, it took a tribe to make sure that Jim ran right, but I just knew if I didn't do that, that
1: yeah. We, we and now were... it's has fully benefited you. Just like, look, it'll pay off in the long run, mm-hmm. and it did. You know, you're one of the people that everyone comes to to train the soldiers, not just here in the states, but other places. So, um, which we can't talk about because of security issues. But, um, uh, you know, it did, and for some reason, it all worked out. Like, I look back and I was like, I was a brand new mother with a baby trying to practice law and deal with my family while you were gone and,
0: and most people just like again people that have come in later on our life see the fruits of our, they now, see the fruits yeah. of our labor and they think oh man they're just like
1: they- some of our friends who like like Alex and Sam all of them they're in their 20s are like but you have three houses and four businesses and I'm like yeah I can't cuss on here can I I'm like,
0: <laughs> if you want to,
1: I'm like, like, yeah, but you didn't see the shit time back, you know, like you didn't see the struggle. Like we are older than you. We're in a different spot. We've been through it and we earned it, you know, listen, um, and this
0: resonates with most gym owners. Like, listen, yeah. we talk like we obviously we have lots of friends that are gym owners mm-hmm. and people only see the end result. And so they think it's super easy jujitsu, make the, a lot they, of money. That's yeah, how this works. they start putting numbers together. Like, well, if you have this many students, this and this and this, and it's like mm, it's not that easy, bro.
1: It's not that easy no. and the expenses always going up. You need more staff. And for us, our biggest issue now is Spring Hill's grown so much. Our rent has literally um, tripled. More than tripled. We started with a thousand dollars when we had that little thousand square foot space over in Neapolis. We have six thousand square foot now and we pay that. eight more than eight times that
0: yeah so don't be throwing my business sorry
1: <laughs> but i'm just saying like if we go somewhere else a smaller town some of these some of our friends are like man i gotta pay twenty five hundred dollars in rent and i was like damn bro. i wish i paid twenty five but um you know there's a lot of different things to take in to consideration with it and i mean we were silly we started out with hey we just need mats and raise knowledge we can teach jujitsu and there was just a lot of like, we did it all on our own. We didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know what we were supposed to business wise. Like I had a juris doctorate, but I was not a business attorney and he'd come to me with these questions and I'm like, Oh, well, let me Google, you know, like,
0: listen, um, I, did, I did again, I, we go back to this man. We knew nothing. And, and I go back with like this, everyone I start like, and I'm gonna saying everyone, but a lot of people I meet just think that this was all. On a silver platter for us. Yeah. That my, hey, your wife. How many times? Your wife's we, an attorney. Well, how many times have we heard this from uh, and portions of my family.
1: Oh, it must be nice. Your wife's an attorney. Yeah.
0: You know your your wife. It must be nice to be kept. I'm like, bro, you don't know my life. Yeah. You don't know how hard I work, right? The truth is, we're both super independent. We've always yeah. been independent. Ray
1: feel, works. I can 100. percent say ray works a hundred times harder than i do especially now but he's always been up at 4 a.m working till 10 o'clock at night like that's just who he is he's a very driven person um yeah that really always used to irritate me when your Uh, family family. would say stuff yeah Yeah. but um i'm like i know but uh yeah so it's not it hasn't always been the easiest but we're in a good spot and i think we got to this spot we made some smart decisions i think god knew that there'd be a point where I couldn't anymore. Um, and so now the roles have reversed a lot. Um, I'm not able to do a lot of the things I used to be able to do. Um, and so Ray has taken on a lot more of those tasks. Luckily enough, we had some forethought to plan kind of so that it was easier for me to walk away from practicing law. Um, which I know I'm like I'm not delusional, I and I'm not naive. I know that ninety nine percent of people could just not up and retire at forty one. Like I know that. I know yeah. that I'm very, very lucky. Um and I tell people all the time one of the smart decisions I made when I was twenty five and got my law license was that I in every job I've had I've took out um long term disability insurance and so I recommend that to everybody. Yeah, I don't we care, tell people that all I don't the time. care what field you're in. Um it made walking away from practicing law, a much easier decision. Than... Almost.
0: I think it's almost a little bit more important than life insurance. I do at too. Cause that life insurance at the end of, like we have life insurance, obviously it's both of
1: us do. Yeah. Yeah,
0: But life insurance only is beneficial at the After end you die. of die. <laughs> yeah, you know, where long-term disability for us has been key, man. Like there yeah. was, we were, we've been blessed. And again, yes. I just say that we've been blessed in the fact that 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 was there and that was in your foresight. And someone
1: told me, like a mentor told me when I was 25, just take it. It's like $12 a month. You won't miss it, but you will need it because you get paid to think. I was like, okay. Like I never thought I should be at this point in my career. I should be really in my prime, like heading into my fifties. Early fifties is usually the prime for most attorneys. Fifties, like they just get better with age. Um, So never did I think I would have retired at 41. Um, So I'm very thankful for that when I was 25 to have taken that out. Um, so I recommend that to everybody. That's just a side note. But I think now the roles have been reversed a lot. Uh, it's hard for me, and it's also hard for Ray. Cause it's I've not always been, been easy, let's no, just be honest. No, like, the last year and a half has not been easy because um, Ray still at first still had the same expectations of me and I could not do the things that I had done before, but I could not convey to him that. And so I was struggling to still do some of them. Yeah. And finally we had to have, a, we had, we've had a lot of hard conversations,
0: a lot of hard conversations, um, a lot of crying.
1: Yeah. And a lot of, I was, I was okay for like the first six months. I was like, okay, new problem. We're going to attack it. Like this is what I need to do. I do this, I do that, but you know, but then when the reality set in, after my diagnosis and things, um, I was like, well, what's my purpose now? Why am I here? Like I was not made to be a stay at home mom. And so so I struggled with having a, why I struggled with, you know, I do think I, in my, I have a treating neurologist and I've had several different evaluations done by other neurologists and, um, uh, Psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, there's lots of testing done to make this diagnosis. It's not a you walk into the doctor and like, yeah, you have Alzheimer's. You know, yeah. there's a lot of testing, a lot of scans, a lot of like physical. It, there's a lot. There's,
0: there's a lot. There's a lot of hard doctor appointments, I think, hard from, doctor's from appointments. a mental standpoint.
1: Yeah. My the eight hours of testing I had one day, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because I had better prepared myself, but yeah, it's not easy. But, um, I was not, I just didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Like, and I just wanted to sleep. I think part of me was like, well, if I sleep, I don't have to deal with the reality of the fact that I have a diagnosis. Um, and they initially, you know, they've said the initial diagnosis for this type of disease is usually five to seven years is your prognosis. Um, now I was diagnosed very, very young, much younger than most early onset or young onset.
0: So we, we might have more time.
1: Yes, I have. And if I said this backwards before, I have young onset, not early onset. Young. There's regular Alzheimer's, early onset, which is usually late 50s, 60s, and then young onset, which is what I am. Um, and so it could be anywhere from, you know, 2 to 20 years or whatever. And I remember telling Alex, our Alex, um, her name, Emilio, which most of you all either know or whatever will know of him. He He's lived with us since he was 19. He's almost 26, so people always try to figure out our dynamic, whether race is dad and I like, whatever. But anyway, we call him our nephew most of the time, but, um, he's with us forever. And I remember telling him and he's like five to seven years for what? I was like, like made the big eyes. He's like, Oh, Oh, like he didn't understand. Most people just think with Alzheimer's that you lose your memory. Like that's how it works, but it's not really how it works. Um, in your brain, there's neural pathways and they basically, when you have Alzheimer's, they, stop working, they disintegrate. And based on like, right now, the big theory is that it's beta amyloids that have built up in there. Um, But again, there's some research that says it's not that whatever. Um, Alzheimer's is a very tricky disease, and there's lots of causes for it. Um, But the way my doctor has described mine is that, you know, you want to ask me questions from like, stuff in my 20s or when I was younger I can remember all of that I can remember like academic bowl information you know like useless things about Mesopotamia and you know whatever like all that random knowledge but right now my brain has put up basically this Teflon shield so new information that's coming in just slides off it won't stick which means I can't retain it so if you ask me about a conversation I had yesterday I probably can't remember that um but I can remember stuff from you know first grade you know That's sort of how she's explained it to me. Um, but with that, it's not just your memory with those neuropathways gone. Your brain can't send signals to your body just to, um, perform its normal function. So your body just solely starts, stops operating and that's when it gets worse. That's how most Alzheimer's patients pass away is, you know, you lose control of your bladder, you lose control of your lungs, you lose control of, you know, your organs. Um, that's most people don't know it is that. Most people just know Alzheimer's is, you know, grandpa doesn't remember who I am, um, sort of thing. But
0: well, you talk to people that have had family members that have yeah. had this and you know, I've and I've had And it's
1: different for everybody. I've
0: had families that have had that situation come up and just be like, Hey, listen, you're there's gonna be a tough road ahead of you guys. Yeah. And we're like, we know, like listen. Like I'm not stupid. We're, we're not <laughs> and and it's not it's not that, but it's like we come from And again, I, I didn't marry someone that was weak and she didn't marry someone that was weak. We're very driven and I'm just not willing to give up. She's not willing to give up. Right. And so it's like, Hey, I I got it. But while I have her, I'm going to make these times enjoyable. So
1: he's been buying me lots of gifts. It's great. He's like, well, we don't, we, (laughs) he's like, we can't take it with us. And I was like, all right.
0: And I definitely don't want to give it to my kids. No, they got to earn theirs.
1: Yeah. They got to earn it. But. I have realized that there are going to be bad days and I can't let them ruin the next day. So Mm -hmm. like this weekend, we had a really good weekend and I didn't have to take a nap on Saturday or Sunday. Part of that comes with Alzheimer's is this fatigue that comes with it and sundowning and some other issues. But right now fatigue is a big issue for me. But yesterday I, it it hit me like it came back and hit me with the wall. So like I had to lay down, like after I took the kids to school, I had to lay down for like three hours um, And that's hard for someone who measures their worth in productivity.
0: I think there's been so. a, a lot of hard in this, and it just doesn't go internally there, right? Like, Mm-mm. obviously from a from a family atmosphere. I don't want to. Uh, we don't hide stuff from our kids. No, you know, they know. We, we we they just, don't know
1: my prognosis as far as like.
0: Yeah, they don't know how much they know. I have Alzheimer's. Yeah, they know that Mama's not going to be able to remember things, right? Yeah, but we just don't want to hide that from her, but there's all other things that have come in. Like I would go with this man and, and this might offend some people, but it is what it is because it, I'm not going to, when things like this happen, you really tend to find out who the real people Friends in your like life that. are. Right. Because people say they're there until they're not. I've and had
1: it, people be like, well, you've changed. Well, no shit. Sherlock. <laughs> like, like one, I literally can't remember half the stuff we talk about. Um, uh, The upside, though, is that apparently I'm much nicer than I used to be. A little bit. I I joke that I forgot I was an asshole. Um, I'm just less confrontational. Yeah. And that was part of my job. I was very confrontational. And I use the word confrontational, but it's more I was very direct um, with people um, because I had to be with my job. I didn't – I'm I'm a little, what do they say, light on the sugar, soft on the sugar. I'm a little soft on the sugar. But I think I've grown past that. But, yeah, you definitely learn who your friends are, and they – Like I can't be who I was like, I I just, I can't like, I, even if I wanted to, I would love to go back to practicing law, the practice of law, not the business of law. I don't like the business of law, but I like the practice of law. (laughs) There's a difference there. That's a whole another podcast, but, um, but that's just not in the cards for me. And it's not in the cards for me to be the person that worked 12 hours a day either. It's not in the cards for me to be able to, um, remember certain things about people or, or things are important to them sometimes. Yeah, and it, that's just who I am now.
0: Well, and it's like, I don't get mad at that. I'm just saying you find out who your friends are, man. Cause yeah. it's, it's been hard for us to absorb it. And yeah. uh, so I look, I don't, again, I'm not throwing up like a shame on you thing because man, some like, I honestly, it's hard, it's hard to understand. It's hard. No to one wants it.
1: to watch me like, yeah, like deteriorate. Not, yeah.
0: Um, and so on that aspect, you know, I like, but I look at like, my wife and I, and I look at what she's accomplished in life. Like, listen, and Rachel was, you know, super smart part of Mensa, you know, she's a, she's an attorney. Was it, was a, I'm a Marine, a Marine is a Marine. There never was, is a was, no, is a Marine. Always a Marine. Um, she, um, you know, she was was and I still you know I say was because I have to I and mean, she's retired, but she, she still keeps her law license. I still have
1: my law license and so and like if Ray needs stuff for,
0: if I need businesses,
1: her, <laughs> if I, I need her to go
0: chase after people, it, we yeah, have it right. Fine.
1: But I keep my law license and I keep it up to date. And I keep all my CLES and everything. Um, you never know, like there may be some breakthrough. Breakthrough, you know, I may get better. You know, and I think not. that's the so thing. I is, keep all that.
0: You have to like we have hope.
1: Yeah, I have hope. It's well with my soul. That's what I say, people. It's well with my soul. I'm not delusional about it, but I'm not sad. I don't wake up sad. That's not me. I wake up tired. (laughs) That's my job. Yeah. I wake up tired. Um, My goal, though, is, like I said earlier, our our youngest is eight. Um, My goal is to make it to my early 50s and still be very um, cognizant of everything Um, because that puts him at 18. He'll be a man Perfect world. Yeah, that's the perfect world. But we're preparing for not- yeah, we've had, you know, one of the evaluations I had done had already suggested that I stop driving, and um, that was hard. <laughs> uh, and I talked to my neurologist, and she hasn't, my treating neurologist, and she hasn't suggested that or anything, but I have chosen. I don't really drive anywhere other than around here. You know, I take the kids to school, you know, places that I know of. Um, I have people who usually ask me, like, well, how did you know something was wrong? Let's be honest, I've known for five years something was wrong um and I was in denial for a while but I thought was, I honestly
0: thought you were just and we talked about <laughs> this
1: right he just thought I was ignoring him to I get legit, stuff done <laughs>
0: for years I was just like yo what's up because I'm like yeah, hey did and, you do this and she's like no and I'm like do you not and, and I would get frustrated because I didn't know yeah and so some and of I our, was
1: really busy with work mm-hmm. but I had I would people would always ask I have a paralegal and I had a secretary and I had like safety nets put in place. Cause I, again, I consider myself a fairly smart person. You know, I had ticklers on my computer. I had appointment reminders. I had daily task lists. I had reminders with my secretary, reminders with my, um, paralegal and everything so that nothing would fall through the cracks. So I could, but the two major things that made me sit back and say, look, I can't do this. This isn't normal stress. This isn't just, being an overworked mom with a husband who has businesses and two kids, two young kids and practicing law, which in and of itself is, especially for those that practice law and they have to, you know, bill every six minutes of their time. Um, it's, it's stressful. You have to make your billable hours and whatever. But when I really realized that it was more than that and I needed to address it was I had stopped being able to dictate because I couldn't remember what I said, which is fine, okay. So I would draft something, like I would type it, and then I would send it to my secretary, apparently go to like clean up and format. And they would send it back me to, to, to review and give the okay and to sign it and finalize it. And I would have no memory of the substance of the document. Even though I know I made it, like I, I knew I drafted that, but it was like I was reading it first time by someone else who had wrote it. Yeah. Um, and then the day that I was taking my I was going to pick up my kids from school. Um, and I had driven this route hundreds of times. Um, I pulled up to a T on reserve at Kedron and I couldn't remember if the school was to the left or the right. Um, and I said, okay, you know, it's time for me to see a doctor. Um, and I remember very clearly it was a Tuesday morning. I went and saw, um, at that point, my general practitioner, because I didn't have a neurologist yet. Yeah. I went on fmla that afternoon and then 30 days later i retired um after i'd seen other doctors and everything
0: there was a lot for us to absorb it was real quick it wasn't a long process like this like this podcast isn't so you can feel sorry for rachel or for us because the truth is well with my soul yeah we're like
1: i'm sitting here with peppermint and my husband on a tuesday you know my life is good yeah Like, like you know i get to do what i want i get to Go with my husband and enjoy whatever he's doing. He has told me that whatever tournament I want to go to, he's going to be along for the so ride. So
0: we got with that. Like obviously, man, we 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 press back, and this isn't a like oh you know like good for you. This is just sitting back. I had to reevaluate my priorities when all this came through. Like what's most important to me, right? And obviously my family is always going to be most important for me, but before my family is always my, my relationship with God. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you and, were mad at and first. I was, And I was mad. I'm going to be honest with you guys, man. There was a you point
1: angry. where
0: I was angry that, you know, like we've done everything that we're supposed to And it, it's everything that I imagine every family goes through that gets mm-hmm. that
1: any kind of terminal, any illness. kind
0: of terminal illness. There's a sign of just anger and upset. And I mean, she'll tell you, like I, I was not happy with God at that point. And I had to realize like this so stupid and it took me a second to just sit back and realize, all right, this isn't about me. This is about my wife and really sitting down with her and kind of figuring and, and listen, she doesn't have this thing figured out there. You know, she's still,
1: there's days that are rough.
0: Yeah. She, there's days where she's like, I don't know what my purpose is, but I know what your purpose is right now. And it's hard for me to convey that. The one thing that I know has been fully consistent in your life is jujitsu. Yeah. Right? So, and so I decided this year, mm-hmm. like I was like, you know what? Our gym has grown huge.
1: We have twenty uh, block belts.
0: Yeah. Um my wife, I don't know how many more years she has to compete. And the truth is, my job now is to be a head coach and to be my wife's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. To follow her around and watch her do jujitsu. And I'm okay with that. Like we it we've was talked really about-
1: we went, um, the first time well, we did the Pans in October but then you took me to um or we did the worlds in October. You took me to the International Masters and mm-hmm. in the Adult World in December just the two of us and then Alex flew in for the yeah. adult world. And I did the International Masters and it was it was probably one of my best tournaments last year I would say. I mean I double golded but yep. just not just that, just like matches wise, like I was on it. And, um, and I think it was cause it was easy. You were there, you were very supportive, you know, you weren't having to, you weren't competing at that tournament and we didn't have 20 other students or yeah. whatever. So that was nice. But, um, yeah, I think that this year will be, I hope not. I hope I can still compete not, for a while. Let, yeah,
0: Let's not put that in definitive. Yeah. Like I, I, every time I hear you say, this might be my last year, I want to chop you.
1: Sorry. I'm okay. Don't chop me.
0: I'm going to give you a little karate chop. But because I feel like here's what I feel. Yeah. I feel like no matter what. Whether it's this or whether it's cancer, and we know my dad, like Mister Nine, yeah. Mister Nine, Nine lives, lives himself, right? But when it is the mentality that you bring yeah. to it, my dad literally has angiosarcoma. Yeah, the one of I mean, it's the most l- aggressive cancer, the most aggressive form of cancer, like skin of,
1: cancer. Yeah, you
0: know, like they were like low percentage survival rate, right? Like, and he's beat it, and my dad's beat it, and and I'm just my like, lives. but you know, when he talks to his you know, like, I don't know what you call it. The guy that gives his him oncologist. his chemo. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, we've seen younger people with what you have just die right away. And why? It's because they give up on life. And yeah. they're like, and I feel like that's where I need to keep you. your yeah. head. Like and- I
1: have, I was really like, and I, and I have a sign. One of my, one of my female students gave it to me. Cause I say, I always say it's well with my soul. Like I'm at peace with it and, and I don't want to give up. There are days that are harder. I'm not gonna lie, but, um, I don't think. I think jujitsu, people always joke that jujitsu saved their lives or whatever. I firmly believe it's the one thing, because um, I asked my doctor about it, my doctors several times. Um, you know, am I going to forget jujitsu? Like, I don't want to be teaching. I have noticed I forget some words, um, but that's okay. Like, my students know that. Yeah. Um, and I just joke about it. And at first they were like, uh, do we laugh? I'm like, dude. You're gonna to have to laugh at my Alzheimer's jokes because this is gonna be awkward for. I think a while. that's
0: hard for some people because we, we kind of joke about it. Because here's the deal, and I actually had someone like, "Man, you guys joke around." It's like because there's gonna be enough time to be sad soon, right? And I don't I'm like. I don't want to be sad now. I don't want to yeah, be. Yeah,
1: there's no reason like, to be sad now. So like,
0: there's gonna be a time where. Yeah, and if you met me, you
1: real. would not know I have Alzheimer's. Yeah. I'm very good at hiding it, um, which I had done for years. And so unless ish. I ish you, think, yeah, you, you think well, you knew because you saw me daily, but most people. Um, even at, you know, my work or like the girls, they would see hints, but they would not know the extent of it. Um, I'm pretty good at maintaining it. Uh, but jujitsu wise, it's the one thing that hasn't faltered and it hasn't left me. And, um, I go back to the fact that, you know, there's stories about people with Alzheimer's like ballet dancers or, you know, classical pianists who are deep in the trenches of Alzheimer's and you put them in front of piano and they can play Mozart and Beethoven and it's cause those well, then, pathways my goal are still is just there to keep
0: you on the mats. Then. I know
1: my, the pathways are still there. So the pathways for my jujitsu are still there. Like I, I think I'll be able to jujitsu for years.
0: That's why I don't like when I hear okay, you say, I won't
1: say it anymore.
0: Like number one, like this is, I feel like this is your purpose. You just don't realize it.
1: And I have thought that it has been, um, I'm very excited. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, like I started the first women's class in Tennessee, um, I was, and we didn't talk about this much, but, um, I was the first female in Tennessee to win the world. Mm-hmm. I was the first female to win the pans. I was the first one to do both. And there for a while I was the only one to do both, but I'm sure there's more now. There's a lot of young people. Oh, man, listen. I know, but this was back yeah. in the day. Um, and you know, and I've done it multiple times now at this point, but, I've had a lot of the students that come to me on Sundays because our open mat, I mean, our women's class on Sundays is open to all affiliations. So I have a lot of girls that train in other gyms and come to me on Sunday because nothing against their instructors. One, they want to roll with women and they want to learn from a woman. It's just different. Our body types different. The way we fight's different, whether we like it or not, it just is. Um, and there's three or four of them now that have started or are starting their own women's class at their gym and teaching it. So I have Three different purple belts, one of which is ours. Who's opening one of your affiliates? Who's going to be teaching a women's class? And then two others that are on two other teams that have started their women's class as purple belts and are teaching. And that's great. Like that. um, I was on a podcast with Shame Co. for um, Girls and Geese at the beginning of last year, the middle of last year, I think April. Um, And she's like, "Well, what do you want your legacy to be?" Um, And that sort of struck me. I'm like, "I didn't. I've never really thought about it." and I think it's, you know, to help grow the sport for the women. Um, again, I am not one of the leaders. Like when you look at the people that broke into the sport, that was Laca Vieira and Leticia Barrow. you know, those, henet those women went through the hard part of it. You know, me in the States getting into it when I did, again, I was in, I've been into it a lot longer than a lot of people, but I did not have it as hard as them. But at least I know the history because I was there, the tail end of that beginning history. And so I see it now so I can connect the two. And so I'm hoping that I can give some of that to the new generation, especially the ones that don't know when I brought Le Vieira and they, <laughs> they did, some of them didn't know who she was. And I was like, well, you need to Google especially if you're a female in jujitsu.
0: Well, and that's our job, right? And yeah, we, we talk about that. That's why I'm we, trying to help them. We've talked about this. Your average jujitsu person coming in
1: doesn't know, the doesn't history. know
0: and doesn't know the history. And I think that the history is important, right? It I is. think it's, it's super important to understand how and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've done a good job at that. And again, I think the legacy portion is key. Um,
1: and I'm trying to make <clears> them <throat> not, you've helped me a lot. Um, I never set out to be a leader in jujitsu. Like I was a big fish in a little pond when I was in high school and I purposely went to a big school so I wouldn't have to deal with that pressure and stuff. And then I joined the Marine Corps and I was a leader in the Marine Corps, right? I've just, I'm, I naturally have a command presence. I walk into a room. Um, Some people have it. Some people don't. You can learn it, but it is definitely something that's easier if you have it. Um, And so when I started, Jujitsu, and started competing. I had no desire to be in charge. I just wanted to compete. I wanted to win. I didn't want to have to have any of the other burden with it. And then I started my women's class when I was a blue belt and mostly because I wanted women to show up so I could train with them. Let's be honest. But um, then it started to develop. And I was not a good leader in jujitsu when I started doing this, as Ray will tell you. He's laughing right now. Um, Like I broke my toys. I tried to coach everyone the same. Um, I didn't have the interpersonal skills that I needed um, to be able to relate to a bunch of different people. So, I think jujitsu has helped my leadership a lot in that regards, Um, dealing with a lot of different ages, a lot of different personalities. Um, And so, I've tried to convey that to my students that are coming up. You know, I have brown belt, I have a black belt, brown belt, lots of purple belts um, that are learning to teach, that are learning to help the lower belts, that are learning to coach. Um, And you can't treat everyone the same in coaching it doesn't work some people and Ray and I are the same way I used to yell really loud when Ray would compete and finally one day he's like look I'm gonna need you not to yell it it doesn't help me I don't like it I was like oh oh well my natural instinct is to scream at people so you know um okay and then I learned you know I have some of my students that just automatically cry when I look at them for a competition okay you know I'm not really much to deal with crying so I've had you know but you have helped me not be defensive when you give me suggestions about how to be a better leader with them or a better coach.
0: It's hard to hear coming from you. I'm your
1: husband. Yeah, that is true. So, and I will actually give this uh, a shout out to Angelica Gaval. We taught a camp, um, I don't know, several years ago up at AJ's camp. Her and I were one of the instructors, and she was talking about how it's hard. You have your husband, you have your coach, you have your teammates, you have your like family leader, your spiritual leader, all being the same person and you have to listen to them. And sometimes you want to give them a big middle finger and say, F off, you know, like.
0: What do you mean sometimes? You give me the big middle finger all the
1: time. I'm just saying that there are times where it's hard having your spouse be your coach. Yeah. And that's why when you go back to the husbands and wives that train, I tell them don't roll with each other, at least not now. Y'all are just starting, you know, wait till you get into it and your egos have been set aside because we did not train together and we go like years. i go, Man, you got some
0: outliers in there right yeah but for the most out- part i tell dudes like dude want, number one don't coach your wife no did you you want you want to see an easy way to
1: a marriage, well, marriage I, I, fight, yeah. yeah, i
0: was gonna say you want to see an easy way to you getting cut off from the things you love yeah <laughs> go try to coach your wife
1: yeah and then tell her she's doing something wrong yeah
0: two is wives don't roll with your husbands no because no matter what they do they're not going to give you what you want either you're going too light you're going too heavy or like in rachel's case
1: you just don't care you're not paying attention (laughs) so the funny story is i was a white belt we were in colorado and if you know ray you know that he's known for his half guard he's a very good half guard, and and he was playing a lot of deep half guard back then and um, lucas leche stuff and um but and it's all evolved now but back then you know and, and I really didn't know that much jiu Again, I was a Thai boxer, boxer person. And I was starting in my little gi and I'm trying to roll with him. And he's, like, laying in his half guard on the side, like, propped up on his elbow. And I'm trying to pass, and he's literally just, like, laughing at me. And I got so pissed, I dropped my elbow right on his, you know, area. He's like, you did that on purpose. No, I didn't. I was so mad at him. I was so mad at him. Um, yeah, so we just didn't play well. together. He didn't. He didn't coach me for years. Um, James Klingerman or other people would coach me. Yeah, it it like, really wasn't until I was like a brown belt, black belt, where I could set my ego aside and Ray could coach me. Um, and it came out pretty well now. So now I like having him coach me. He yeah. knows what, he knows if I'm trying to do stuff. I listen to him much better now. So I've learned, he's learned what so, he can tell me. Funny
0: story, so. man. Like, and these are guys, if, uh, and guys that have wives that train, or if you, a gym owner and your wife trains, I've actually coached my wife through someone else. Yeah. And she's like, see, I told you, I listened well. I listened to him. I'm like, yeah, he's... I told him what to do. I just, you know, but, and again, it, it comes with that fine line, right. Of, of training. And so, you know, like the whole purpose of having you on here today, babe was one is I, even our, I think even a lot of our, our students that aren't in, like they haven't been, start, yeah. they don't know our story. Yeah, They don't know how everything evolved and how that beautiful gym that you guys see there, was legitimately blood, sweat, and tears. Like I've, yeah. me and you have divided. We
1: started during the recession. Yeah. We expanded during the pandemic. You know, we have. We, it was all us. We put it all in ourselves. You We've, know, and
0: you know, and it's like, and it's not to be like, oh, look at us. But it's like, man, listen, nothing worth having is, is, easy. is easy, man. And you have to, you have to hit the grind. And so, you know, when,
1: when it goes back to what I tell the girls, like. Nobody said it would be easy. Nobody said it'd be easy. They just said it'd be worth it. Yeah. So when they're fighting, jujitsu comes naturally for some, but a lot a, of women it doesn't.
0: I was going to say, we bring a lot of our personal experiences to jujitsu. And I think they don't see that. Like, listen, we've been in some crazy spots. Like, we've been competing a lot. We understand what these things are. And our goal when is to walk through. it. just me, th-
1: you, and Bradley competing.
0: Yeah. And so we walk through those things. But then I was going like, why are you surprised that we aren't laying down with Rachel's diagnosis? Yeah, I'm not going to lay down like we're going to do everything in our power. And yeah, we joke about it now. Why? Because we're not we're not the kind of people that walk around and go. I'm not going to cry all day. You know, like you know? there are
1: days like you, you're you going to ask me. There are days that are hard. A couple weeks ago, we had a hard day, yeah. you know, like. But um, yesterday wasn't great yesterday morning, but yesterday evening turned out great. Yeah. The hard thing is with my diagnosis is that there's no rules. Um, generally i'm much tired like my brain doesn't work as well in the evenings Um, but yesterday it was reversed like yesterday morning i had to sleep for like three hours and yesterday evening i felt super energized and i didn't feel the effects of my alzheimer's last night um so it's just there's no rules and that's sort of the hard part of the disease you you don't know what to expect every day Um, well and i go with with it
0: you know and and that obviously this kind of this podcast went a little bit on the Saddy side, and it shouldn't have, but that it's just well with my soul. Yeah, it is where it is. But you know, like when people I've actually had guys go like, does it bother you that your wife has more accolades than you? Yeah, I'm like,
1: <laughs> we've had this conversation yeah, a lot.
0: Like, no, why would it bother me? Why would my wife's success bother me? That takes absolutely, absolutely well, no sense. Well, let's to me. start
1: with it. So our first major tournament was the pans out in LA I was a blue belt. Well, my first major tournament, I was a blue belt. We went out there. You had only had your black belt for eight weeks and you won the pans. Okay. I just, to put it in perspective, Mackenzie Dern and I were in the same adult division, even though I was not even adult, right? She was 16. And I remember Corey Robeson going, if you fight her, will you get her autograph? No, get away from me. I was <laughs> like, Jesus. But I, I ended up losing in the quarters. Again, I didn't know that much. I didn't, you know, I was still real new, but, um, I remember watching you win and then we got married shortly after that and, you know, you were still doing Nogi and you were winning you have some of your medals over here or whatever. And, um, uh, after we did all that and I had Gabby, I was like, and I had my daughter and I was like, I want her to see that I can do, like, I would, I would say I was really a hobbyist. Like I wasn't hard, you know, like super motivated and it wasn't until Um, after I had Gabby and I said, okay, you know, like I want my daughter to know that mommy's a champion too, not just daddy. And so that's sort of how it all started. You understood Uh, the assignment. I understood the assignment. And, um, and if I could go back, there's a few things I would do different. Um, but man,
0: yes and no, like obviously like with everything we do, man, you do things and, and they and have leads results you where you're at. Yeah. Leads you and where I you're think at. it
1: helps me give perspective to some of the young girls. So,
0: and I think that's our goal. Like, you know, as we're getting older, man, and, and this new generation is up, it's not, I was telling you, it's not about the win for me, for you guys, obviously like we all like to win, but my goal is to make you a better human being. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. If you have just a winner's mindset, only you have to have a, you have to have a go get it mindset. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, like I want to kind of start wrapping this up. Just you know, obviously, um you got stuff you need to do, and keeping you at long periods of time is not mm-hmm. good, and we know that, right? um
1: I have peppermint. We're yeah. Good.
0: So, you know, for obviously, I brought you on because I wanted people to know, like, where we where we're at. And again, mm-hmm. man, the grind. Like, if if I could teach you anything, it's never to give up. Right. The grind's
1: still there. Like, you're going to You're going to want to
0: give up. You're you're it's it's things are going to be hard. I would say, like, man. We live in a society today where everyone wants the easy thing, Mm -hmm. right? Or they think it was easy to get.
1: Yeah. They look at you and they're like, well, you have this and that. And I was like, yeah, but you don't see the under part.
0: You didn't see the failures. You didn't see us sitting and staring at each other going, we're about ready to lose our house and our business. if, If things don't change, Yeah. you know, like maybe we screwed up. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I should go get a job right
1: you I don't I, how many times have you said I'm gonna sell the gym I'm gonna get a job I'm gonna sell yeah. the gym I'm gonna get a job it was like literally every four to six months and I was like no. because man
0: it's rough I mean I'm it telling is. you man like I tell guys we didn't have it easy no you know and again it's not a, what was me but it made us who we are and I feel like the success of and our it put gym us right in now a
1: position now for you to take care of me
0: well, and then I, I look at this, this a, the success of our gym is because of all the bad things we yeah. had to go through. And when I look at amazing human beings, we just had JP Dino on the podcast. That guy's like, I mean, he had to go through a lot of crazy stuff. Like we need yeah. to get into it, but there's a reason why he's an outlier and he's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. not calling us outliers because I don't think we are, but I do feel like we have more to give than most black belts walking in or most gym mm-hmm. owners walking in. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and from a husband-wife perspective, you know, we've 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 been called we've the power. A lot. <laughs> yeah, we've been called the power couple of Tennessee just because we were the first husband-wife black belt combo. Oh yeah. Um, in the state, but you know, I, I look at this. It's like, uh, you know, when people get started in jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu sucks. It's hard. Like I'm just telling you guys. Like it, it, our it daughter
1: went, went back last night. Last night for yeah. So she's 11. And she did it when she was like a mini, like four or five, whatever. It just was not her thing. She went into competitive gymnastics and was great. Now she's doing volleyball, um, but she decided she wanted to do jujitsu. And she she will tell you she had a rough class. She did the adult class because um, I was there.
0: We talked her off the ledge last night. Yeah, we she's talked fine. Off the
1: ledge. She's like, I don't understand. I was like, kiddo, you're not gonna be good. You're
0: gonna suck. And guess Everyone what?
1: Everyone sucks at jujitsu yeah. when they start. Unless you're a wrestler and then you, you're good for like two months and then you realize you suck.
0: But we didn't, but here's yeah. the deal. We don't coddle her. No. It was like, yo, listen, you're going to suck at this. She beat me up. but You're going to have to, like, if you want to beat her, you're going to have to come to class. Work card, yeah. So. And you know, I told
1: her, I so you've got some really good teachers. So yeah. your daddy and me, I go, I can make you what you want. <clears throat> you just got to have the fight.
0: So leaving like today, I just want to wrap it up. It's like, I want to throw some key things out there that both in you are nervous. Your if you're a husband wife combo. Don't train with each other,
1: at least not in the beginning,
0: not in the beginning. As you get better with it, like
1: once your ego goes away,
0: yeah, you know, let it go. Um, don't coach your husband or your wife at a tournament, be their biggest fan. Uh, What I mean by that is don't yell out random stuff at them. They're not going to listen to you. They're going to actually kind of be mad at you for it. Um, other thing is, I think the biggest thing for us is nothing in life is easy. And it's worth it though. It's worth it. And even if you get something that's bad news, it's how you process it and work it through. And, and again, it's not all sunshine and roses. I don't know if that's the right thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, dude, there are days, man, where we, you know, like I sit back and go, oh, I don't worry about me. And you know this, you and I've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about me. I worry about my kids. So there are days where my kids are so heavy on my mind, right? Mm-hmm. That those are hard days for me. Like yeah. how, how are they going to process this realistically when, when Rachel's not there? And then how am I going to process when my life partner's not able to remember me? So I have those days that, that are like that.
1: And we joke, Sam and Alex are going to yeah. have to help.
0: But, but we have stronger days. Yeah. And we're the not good c-
1: days outweigh the bad yeah. days.
0: So man, even you know, when,
1: even when it's not going to be pretty, the good days are still going to
0: work. So days. my advice to you guys, man, is like, you know, on a real note, man, you don't know what real turmoil is until someone throws that in your lap. Right. And obviously it's better than, a, I always go with this as, as bad as this is, it's not, you know, like I would rather have this and, and know that we can work towards things as opposed to
1: just losing me, just losing
0: her yeah. without knowing that. And you, you, again, you take those things for granted. One thing that we have learned and and this is advice I give guys right now, and then we'll wrap this up, is um it opens your eyes to tomorrow's never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And too often we and, and we all do this, every relationship we take leads in whatever we're gonna do. You were the lead on paying the notes, mm-hmm. the the house. Yeah. My lead was doing other things. Businesses. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, well man, Rachel can't do that. And I don't know. I always tell people, I don't know where the bodies are lying. I don't know. You know, we have
1: life insurance. insurance. yeah. So, so we, you
0: take that stuff for yeah. granted. So it's, it's made us kind of zone in more and be like, all right, like we need to be have a, a better book.
1: team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like we need to know where everything's at. Like if, if something happens tomorrow to you, like we need to know it. So it's like, if anything has come out of this, it's, it's,
1: we're better prepared for
0: we're the future, less complacent.
1: Yes, definitely less complacent.
0: We're more active with things. So you know, I was talking, I was like, dude, go get that stuff with your wife. Do you know where, do you know where your life insurance is? Do you like know guys? who
1: your kid's doctors are? Yeah. Do you know the kid's teacher? Do you know yeah. how, you know? Yeah. There's that kind lots of, stuff. of
0: things that transition through. Right. And so, um, babe, I love you. You love know, obviously time. with everything in the, in my life, um, I'm, I'm your biggest fan, right? Thanks. I'm your biggest supporter. And you know, like I always tell you, I got your back in, in this life and into the next one. I know. So so, Thank you. Love you.
1: And I love you too. we'll wrap this up. Bye, babe. Bye.